let's get down to business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Oh, I make money moves. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of the Massive Joe's Show podcast, Fitness Times Business. My name is Joseph Mensel, CEO of Massive Joe's. I am your host, and I'm joined in this episode number 21 by my personal Lamar Odom. <laughs> Massive Joe's general manager, Steve Mills. You know I don't get your boss references. I was going to say, do you get that one? Because no. that's a little bit of a stretch for you. No. You know who Lamar Odom yeah, is? Yeah, I do. Right? You know who Kobe Bryant is? Yeah. I'm Kobe, you're Lamar. <laughs> Teammates. Isn't Lamar Courtney Kardashian's ex or one of those? Yeah, but the, the, dude, his, the, no. It, yes, but no. Yeah. Not in the reference I'm using it. I'm using it as teammates. All right. At the Lakers. I get it. What's happening, man? At least it's I think it's better than Batman and Robin. Yeah, no, I agree. Probably Thank not you. as good as MJ and Pippin. Probably not. But I'm just going to keep working through them until we find one that you really like. Exactly. And then it's just going to stick. Yeah. Like white on rice. Yeah. This episode 21 of The Massive Joe's Show, you guys are in for a treat. And I personally am in for a treat because I am awfully excited to get stuck into this episode. Topic for this episode is the top three things to help you progress in both fitness and business slash career development. And the reason why I'm excited about this episode, Neve, is because I wanted to do an episode of the Massive Joe Show that is very much hinged on practical information. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't get much more practical than this. We are going to talk to you guys about the top three things that you can do to progress in your fitness journey, if you tune in for fitness purposes, And then the top three things, in our personal opinions, that we think you can do to progress along your business or career development journey. Mm -hmm. Very, very practical. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of you tuning in for the very first time, the Massive Joe Show, obviously, our tagline is fitness times business. So we'd like to pick a a topic that transcends both fitness times business. Obviously, the topic of this episode, by nature of what it's called, it's going to transcend both fitness and business. Mm -hmm. We like to start with fitness talk about that and then progress over to business, talk about that and then summarize for you guys with maybe some overarching principles. I think this episode is going to be some overarching principles mm-hmm. that we may have to come back and reiterate. Clean up. For the uh, the listeners, viewers. Let's get straight into it, Neve. Starting with fitness, top three things to help you progress along your fitness journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so I've got three points. Are we going one by one or are we listing all three? Well... The thing is, just just so, so the the listeners and the viewers uh, to give them a bit of context, we actually haven't discussed this. So we I haven't. said, this is the topic I want to do. You go away and you come up with your three things in fitness and business. I'm going to go and come up with my three things in fitness and business. We actually don't know what each other's three things are. So this is the first time I'm hearing them. I'm completely so going to. I just I just want you to lay your cards all on the table. All right. So my three are consistency, yeah. Yeah. discipline. Oh. And three, which is a bit of a broader topic, but I can explain it later, is progressive overload. Oh, interesting. But that isn't just in terms of what you're thinking of progressive overload. It refers to a number of things. So those okay. three other things that I have put down as the top three. All right. My top three are creating habits and routines that support your fitness goals. Discipline. No. Number two is discipline. <laughs> Number three is if it fits your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So let's go. Very good. Let's talk about, you know what, we've got the, the first 
point that we both agree on is discipline. Yep. So let's have a quick chat about that. Why is that important when it comes to progressing along your fitness journey? I mean, discipline, as we said uh, in, in previous podcasts, is, is things such as getting up in the morning to go train when you don't want to. Yeah. And and if you're tired after a long day at work, going in the gym yeah. and um, training or all those kind of things where being disciplined enough to to do what you need to do to reach your health and fitness goals, whether that is meal prep at the end of a long day, or as I just said, go and train when you don't want to train, mm-hmm. uh, not eat that chocolate bar who, that someone gives you as a Christmas gift, or or if you're at a, like we have here with a monthly managers meeting, Massive Joe's, is, is there's Red Rooster laid out for everyone or pizza laid out for everyone, or those mm-hmm. kind of things, mm-hmm. is not eating that pizza, is eating that pre-prepared meal, is having the discipline to, to not sway from your diet, to not miss those sessions. Um, I mean, yeah, even like something that saying, I trained with my mate Jez on the weekend on Sunday and because obviously my pec, I I didn't get to put in obviously a 100 leg session. And I just said, oh, look, sorry, sorry about the bit of a shitty leg session. Mm. He's like, well, it was better than the one I, it was, it was better than the one I wasn't going to do. Mm. So it's things like that where, yeah, even just that discipline to, to do the things you don't want to do to get the rewards that you want. And I think, you know, the fact that both of us have highlighted that in our top three probably speaks volumes for how important it is. Mm. Uh, you know, the, 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 the one consistent failure or downfall that I see with people along their fitness journeys is they just don't stick to a particular goal and a particular uh, set of habits and routines and particular disciplines that they need to stick to for a long enough period of time to actually see that out. It's the old saying where, you know, we say it in bodybuilding is we say bodybuilding is a marathon, not a sprint. So you have to be prepared to go the whole marathon. You can't do a quarter of the marathon and then fucking quit or change direction. You have to do the whole fucking marathon. And I think that it's not just... Uh, applicable to bodybuilding, it's applicable to the whole fitness journey, regardless of what your journey is, whether you are interested in a physique-based sport, whether you're interested in weight loss, whether you're interested in, you know, whatever your fitness journey looks like, the discipline that is required to see it through for a long period of time is absolutely vital. I mean, a thing that I like to do, and I don't know if I've mentioned it in any of the podcasts thus far, is is what I do, I'll be completely honest, a lot of the time uh, I probably don't do it as frequently as I should, Mm -hmm. but something I like to do is this action I'm about to take, Mm -hmm. is this going to put me a step closer to my goals or a step further away? For example, 6 a.m. my alarm goes off this morning. Sleeping in, is that going to put me towards my goals or away from my goals? And mm-hmm. it's going to put me away from my goals because I'm going to miss my cardio session. Mm-hmm. Is going and doing my cardio session going to put me a step towards my goals or a step away? It's going to put me a step towards my goals. Yeah. For example, this morning, making a smoothie, you have peanut butter in there. It's quite easy to have a couple more little spoonfuls of peanut butter, mm-hmm. but then that's going to put me in a calorie surplus when I'm looking to drop weight at the moment. So is that extra calories from the peanut butter going to put me a step towards my goals or a step away. Yeah. And I think that's something that, that everyone should, and a good tr- trick that everyone can do or a good tip that everyone can do is is that action you're about to make. As I said before, the pizza at the at the manager's meeting or mm. or going to the gym is, is what you're about to do. Is that going to put you a step towards your goals or a step away from your goals? Man, I love that so much. And I think that this is, this is, this is really, really valuable for you guys listening and, and watching on the YouTube channel is... 
you know, it's it's all well and good to say, okay, we think that one of the most important three things when it comes to progressing along your fitness journey is discipline, mm. right? Cool, got it. Uh, how do you exert discipline, mm. all right? So if you're a person who struggles with discipline, if you don't really know where to get started, the example you gave is is so important. And just to kind of flesh it out, it comes down to, you know, one of my personal favorite concepts, which is macro versus micro. Mm. And on a macro level, when it comes to your fitness journey, it's about having that awareness and having that understanding that it is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. So it's going to take a long time to achieve whatever fitness goal you're trying to achieve. Mm. And then also understanding that once you achieve that goal, you're going to move on to another one mm. and another one and another one. Fitness is a journey. It's not a destination. But also realizing that to, to stay at that point. So if you if your goal yeah. is to reach... 10% body fat, let's yes. say, as soon as you reach there, you still have to keep that discipline. And that's what you said is changing 100%. the goal. But yeah. it doesn't mean that once you get there, the discipline stops. It's really, as you just said, it's that long-term discipline, not just six well, weeks. It's, of dis- it's, it's the, not just it's that six the, weeks of discipline to, to reach correct. a short-term goal. It's the understanding of perspective on one hand, mm. right? So that's the macro, that's the marathon, that's the perspective. But then what you mentioned is from an execution perspective, it's on the micro. Mm. It's every single decision that I make, is this gonna put me one step further along this marathon of my fitness journey? Mm. Or is it gonna put me one step backwards? And I like to think of it, so I say macro versus micro, I also like to think of it as marathon versus sprint. Mm. So from a perspective, understanding that it's a journey, not a destination, it's that macro mindset, it's that understanding it's a marathon mindset, but on the micro level, on a decision by decision level, it's a sprint. Mm. So you have to be making decisions that every single one of them, or as many of them as possible to be practically realistic, are putting you one step closer along that marathon with the speed as if it's a hundred meter sprint. Mm. That's how I like to look at it. Mm. All right, let's move on to the next point. Uh, so the first point I put was consistency, yeah. which does lead on to what you just said about the marathon. Yeah. So you have to realize that the fitness game is a marathon. Mm-hmm. Is It's not just an eight-week challenge. It's and I mean, we have the 10-week challenge here at Massive Joe's. Yeah. And as we said, it, we're not just looking for results in that 10 weeks. We're trying to give people the tools to better their lives and, and right. go away. And if they don't want to come back and do another challenge, that's fine. Yeah. Well, obviously, we want them to come do it. But as long as we're giving them the tools to... to be able to in the future mm. reach their health and fitness. So now they've done it once, they might be able to understand a bit about dieting, a bit about training, a bit about supplementation, those kind of things. Yeah. So it's not just that short eight weeks, it's not just that sprint, it's that long-term consistency. I mean, a, lot of, a thing about, about weightlifting is somebody will come to you and just say like, how did you build your arms? Or how did you build your legs? Or, or those kind of things. But the thing is, is you've been training for 16 years or, or 17 years, and I've been training for 16 years now, is, is people don't realize that like it, it, we didn't just start at the gym two years ago. It's been 16 years of consistency, five days a week or yeah. four days a week or six days a week, seven days a week, most of the time, but consistently training. Mm. And, and a lot of people that I know, my mates say, oh, I wish I was big like you, or I wish I had a six pack like you or those kind of things. And I'm sure people say it to you as well, mm. but they, they actually don't train or if they do, they'll train for two months and not see results and then go away for three months and come back for a month and go away for two months. And mm-hmm. They never really progress physique-wise, obviously, because they, they're not putting in the effort or, yeah. or putting in the training they need to do. But it's really just understanding that to get results is 
going to be day in day out consistency 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 of training consistency of being in a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus if you're looking at putting on weight is doing it day in day out for a long period of time to reach your goals and here's the thing with consistency right is it's easy to be consistent mm. when you're motivated mm. and when life is good and when everything is happening the way you want it to happen mm. it's much more difficult to be consistent and even back to the first point, to exert discipline when you're unmotivated mm. or when something happens that knocks you for six mm. or when, let's say, for example, it's cold, wet and raining outside. Mm. Uh, there's so many different factors that make it much more difficult to be consistent. Mm. So then the question becomes, okay, well, practically... Once again, understanding that consistency is one of the top three things that we believe are important to progress along your fitness journey. How do you maintain consistency? Mm. Which leads into my second point, which is making sure that you're creating the habits and routines that support your fitness goals. Mm. Because those are what are going to get you through those periods where it's difficult to be consistent, mm. where it's difficult to exert discipline, mm. where you're feeling unmotivated, where there's other shit happening in your life that's taking your focus and attention away from your fitness goals, mm. when just shit happens. Mm. Those habits and those routines that you've built as part of your discipline, as part of your consistency that become almost automatic behaviors mm. are really what's going to feed that consistency again. Mm. So really your second point, my second point are much in the same thing similar. as yeah. well. Yeah. And then the third one? Uh, well, I said progressive overload, but yeah. by this I mean that you constantly need to be striving for more. Ooh. So, and it's not just getting stuck in, in as I've said, I guess before, is when you reach a goal is, is sort of just sitting there at that plateau. Mm. I mean, you, your body is a very smart thing. And you will know with dieting, for example, is if when, when you're cutting after a three or four weeks of you know, being in a calorie deficit, mm -hmm. your, your fat loss will stop. Mm -hmm. So you've got to drop the calories more. You have to increase your output. Yeah. The same as building muscle. If mm -hmm. you want a bigger chest, well, you either have to do more sets, more reps. You have to do more exercises, put in more time. Yeah. Those kind of things is, is I think a lot of people, and, and I've seen it before, is people go in, start Monday, mm -hmm. three sets of 10 on bench press, mm -hmm. set two, uh, exercise two, incline dumbbell press, four sets of eight yeah but they do it day in day out they're never progressing they're never trying to better themselves mm. and then they actually never progress through their fitness career yeah sure they, they might have a good physique but the topic of this is progression and they're not actually bettering themselves or pushing themselves outside of their comfort zone to progress mm. and i did say overload but that could be that could be uh more cardio during the week mm -hmm. or it could be less calories or it could be more food or could be more weight training or more hit, those kind of things, but mm. constantly pushing for more to reach those goals. Consistently moving the goalposts yeah. effectively, mm. which kind of ties into, you know, what we've already spoken about where fitness is, is not a destination, it's mm. a journey. So when you reach a particular goal, well, the journey doesn't stop, it mm. continues. Um, but I mean, even for example, like going for even something as simple as going for a walk. Yeah. It could be starting with doing one lap of the neighborhood and then the next week could be going two laps of the neighborhood or mm. it could be walking to the next street down that you've been normally walking to or 
could be anything as simple as that mm. depending on what level of fitness you're at it i mean we get people from all walks of life and if you are 130 kilos looking to lose a bit of body fat it might be something as simple as, as walking to the next block and then coming home again yeah it could be anything as simple as that but it's constantly pushing yourself more mm. to be progressing in in your health and fitness i like it it's not one that i had mm. Which means we're probably going to end up with four <laughs> because my uh, there's no crossover between these because mm. my third point was if it fits your lifestyle. Yeah. Which I think, you know, your, your third point with progressive overload is definitely very important. Mm. Um, and and uh, it's funny because it actually crosses over to something that I've identified in, in the business side and the mm. career development side. But when it comes to IIFYL, if it fits your lifestyle, mm. This really ties into the first two points that mm. we discussed, discipline, consistency, and creating the habits and routines that allow you to be consistent. Mm. If you are continuously abrasive to the lifestyle that you want to live with your fitness journey, it's going to be very, very difficult to be disciplined. Mm to exert consistency, to create the habits and routines that support your fitness goals. Because by nature of them being abrasive to the lifestyle you want to live, they're going to be fucking abrasive to the lifestyle you want to live. So when we say IFYL, if it fits your lifestyle, it's more, you know what it is more than anything, man? It's an awareness piece. It's having awareness of what your holistic lifestyle looks like with all different parts included, right? Fitness, fitness is, is one piece of the puzzle. It's not its own puzzle. Mm. It's a piece of the puzzle. It's one ball that you're trying to juggle when you're trying to juggle all the different balls of life. It's mm. not its own juggling act. Mm. It needs to synchronize with everything else that's going on. Mm. So when we talk about if it fits your lifestyle, it's having awareness of holistically what that puzzle looks like, what that juggling act looks like. What does your life and your lifestyle actually look like holistically, including fitness, including business, including career, including friends, including family, including whatever the fuck it is, having awareness of that and then going, okay, how does fitness fit into this puzzle? Mm. How does fitness fit into this juggling act? How does fitness fit into my lifestyle? How can I make it synchronized with all the different parts of my life that are important? Because when you can, when you have that awareness and when you can implement fitness, insert fitness into a holistic lifestyle, that's where exerting discipline becomes much more easy. Mm. That's where creating the habits and routines that are in synchronization with the rest of your lifestyle become much more easy. That's when being consistent becomes much more easy. And I see it so many times. It's funny because I tend to see it with newbies mm. in fitness a lot. It's almost like as much as we preach this, people still don't believe it until they go through it, mm. right? So I see it with people who are new to the fitness lifestyles. They'll try, you know, the extreme dieting regimes, going fucking zero to 100 with their training, going zero to 100 with their supplementation regime and just doing things that you can, like, we can see it, mm. you know, straight up. We're like, mm, that doesn't that doesn't fit the lifestyle you want to live. That's mm. like, you know, if you want to be a fucking pro bodybuilder and that's the lifestyle you want to live, that suits that. Mm. But- the fact of the matter is not many people want to live a pro bodybuilder lifestyle. No. They want to have a nice physique. They want to have nice body composition. They want to perform well in the gym, whatever their goal is. And it's about having the awareness of, okay, how do we find the middle ground here between living that fitness lifestyle you want to live, 
but then also living the rest of your life you, the way you wanted to live. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you just said, I just wanted to give you a couple of examples of, yeah. of what you're referring to. And you did touch on one just then, but for example, like keto diet, for example, is, yeah. is massive here, yeah. uh, massive now in, in social media and, and, and mainstream. I guess, I mean, there's cookbooks and everything on it about yeah. keto. Yeah. Like an example of that is obviously keto is low carb and lowish protein, mm. but- Super high fat. Yeah, but if you love Vegemite on toast for breakfast, mm. You're not going to stick, and you, and and your new diet says that you have to wake up and eat 100 grams of steak and 50 grams of almonds. Mm. But you love your Vegemite on toast. Mm. You're not going to stick to the steak and almonds for very long. Mm. So it's not going to be that marathon of, of doing consistently because it's something you don't enjoy. Even go go one step further than that, man. Because the, you know you can start to go, well, fuck it. If it's important to you, you just give up the Vegemite on toast or mm. whatever it is. Go one step further and say, listen, like give me for example. Mm. My my background is half Italian. My mum's side of the family is Italian. My dad's side of the family is Polish. Mm. When I sit down with my grandparents and my extended family and we're going to mm. have a meal together, mm. there's a lot of fucking carbs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Italians mm. have got the pizza and the pasta and the bread and so on and so forth. And the Polish have the fucking potatoes and the cakes and all mm. that shit. That's important to me. Yeah. Right? I want to be able to sit down with my grandparents, with my extended family, and have that, that experience of sharing a meal together. Mm. If I'm doing something like keto, yeah. it's completely abrasive to something like that that's very important to mm. me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to fucking do keto. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you go, go a little bit deeper than that when you are having this awareness of your lifestyle and understand, yeah, there's some things that, okay, listen, to achieve fitness goals, you're going to have to give shit up, mm. right? You're going to have to make sacrifices. Mm. You can't have your cake and eat it too, so to speak. Mm. But have awareness of what is really important to you, mm-hmm. why it's important to you, how it fits into your lifestyle, and then don't go and do things related to your fitness journey that are abrasive to it. Mm. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's one. Then the other one I was going to say yeah. is, is simple things such as, if you're a newbie, is, is going and joining a gym, but joining a gym 40 minutes from your house. Yeah. When you drive past 17 gyms on uh-huh. the way to the gym, yep. is you need to create those habits and make it easier for yourself. Yep. Is, is That's the thing is we're not saying go take the easy path for everything, mm. but you need to create that habit, those lifestyles. You, you need to be consistent. And mm. if you have to consistently drive 45 minutes to gym, mm-hmm. train 45 minutes home, when you've got a gym three minutes from your house, yeah. go to that gym three minutes from the house. It's just... Creating that, but that's the thing with your lifestyle as well. It's not just personal lifestyle choices. It is about lifestyles such as where do you live, yep. what do you have access to, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously don't make them limiting factors, but also listen to them and see, all right, this isn't a limiting factor of a lack of gym. It's a, it's that there's too many gyms around. And the fact is I'm driving 45 minutes, but I've driven past, I can be there three minutes, train for an hour, come back for three minutes and I'm home again instead of a two and a half hour round trip, which you're going to get pretty sick of. A hundred percent. And everybody's time poor. Mm. Imagine how, how, imagine how else you could spend that time from an opportunity cost perspective Mm. on things that are important to you Mm -hmm. outside of fitness. Mm -hmm. It's abrasive. It's not going to be, you're not going to be consistent with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) straight up. So you're, you're immediately going to make it more difficult Mm -hmm. to do point number two. You're not going to be disciplined with it. If it fits your lifestyle is a huge overarching principle Mm. when it comes to achieving whatever fitness goal you're trying to achieve on whatever your fitness journey looks like. Mm -hmm. Let's flip the script. Let's talk about business Mm -hmm. and career development. Mm -hmm. 
top three things mm-hmm. to help you progress. These are going to be completely different to yours, and I already understand that. You reckon? Yeah. I'm not so sure. No, they are, because they're very similar to the first ones. All right. Hit me. Hit me. So, I've put consistency. No, you just repeated the first one from fucking fitness. Because it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are they? Hit me. Hit me with them. I was going to say consistency, yep. discipline, yep. because I think that those two are very high on the list. Yeah. If yours are better, we'll discuss those and leave those behind. Mm. But those two there, mm. the one that you wouldn't have thought of, mm. uh, that- as a manager and also a boss of individuals, yep. initiative. Okay. Okay. And I know that was different than you thought, but initiative to me mm. makes someone stand out tenfold to the person next to them. Okay. Mine are, mine are uh, much more specific, mm-hmm. actually. And, and you know... Bit of background for the for the listeners and the viewers. Uh, mine are obviously coming from a business owner's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yours are more coming from a manager slash employee perspective. So I guess my expertise is in the business side, mm-hmm. you know, progressing along business, and yours is probably progressing along career development. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising that they are slightly different. Mm-hmm. My top three, the first one is doing work that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. The second one is consistently getting outside of your comfort zone and doing the difficult things, Mm -hmm. which is similar to your progressive overload from fitness. Mm -hmm. And my third is actually putting in work consistently. Mm. I mean, I I guess my- Which is similar to yours and consistency. Sorry, so my consistency, that that was what I was going to say was putting in in work consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. So, I mean, that first one's obviously the same. Initiative's different, but I want to touch on that. Okay. Um, and yeah, so it's a little bit different, but. All right. So let's start with doing work that you enjoy Mm -hmm. and why I think this is such an important part of helping you. Well, one of the top three things that I've identified that's going to help you progress along both business and career development. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner, an employee, a manager, doing something that you enjoy. And ultimately we talk a lot about things you're passionate about, Mm. right? But on a baseline level, doing something that you enjoy if you are not doing something that you enjoy, mm. you're going to find yourself consistently hitting a glass ceiling. Yeah. And what the glass ceiling is caused by is your own mindset being the fact that you know that what you're doing, you actually don't enjoy doing. Mm. So you're not going to be willing to do the next two things the next two points that are important to help you push through that glass ceiling, to help you progress. You're going to do the bare minimum Mm. because you fucking hate what you do, the Mm. bare minimum to get to a certain level. And then when push comes to shove and it's like, fuck, all right, well, if I want to level up, if I want to get to the next level, if I want to continue to progress, I'm going to have to do more shit that I don't enjoy doing. Mm. There's going to be a delta point where you reach your maximum threshold of shit you don't enjoy doing. Mm. And that maximum threshold is going to get you to a certain point in your career development or your Mm. business. And you're not going to be able to get past it. Mm. And that's going to cause that glass ceiling. I mean, it it comes from all aspects in terms of, of, of enjoying what you do, but also from a business point of view and then chatting to business owners or is someone who's passionate about what they do. It makes you want to be a part of that. Yeah. And it makes you want to join them. Well, from a leadership perspective. From a leadership yeah. point of view. But I mean, even so much as, let's just say, 
let's just say I want solar panels on my house. Yeah. And I get two businesses out to, to give me a quote for the solar panels. And the first person is actually passionate about what they do. They're passionate about how it can help the environment. They're, mm. But they're also passionate about me, the homeowner, mm. and how it will save me money and how it will do this and how it will do that and giving me the benefits. Where the other guy just comes out, measures up, knows I'll get a quote out to you. Because I don't really like, enjoy what they're doing. They don't mm. have a passion for it. They're, mm. they're not passionate about helping the customer. The person that actually took time to show you and, and explained it and went through the details and, and tells you how much you're going to save and all those kind of three things compared to the person who just sees the dollar signs and they go, oh, fuck, another quote. I'd have to go out and do a quote tonight. Fuck, I wish I was at the pub with my mates and, mm -hmm. and coming out and they'll give you a quote and then, oh, no worries, I'll mail it out to you. And, and don't want to be there. You can tell they don't want to be there. Yep. But it, and there's so many times that that will happen, though, and it, that was just one example, but it happens so much that the passion from someone and I'll go spend my money with that guy who's passionate about the solar panels, getting solar panels on my house, who's taking the time to help me out. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same as, as anything in like real estate agents. It, it, there, I, I actually had um, dealings with a real estate agent lately and they were that passionate and I asked for an appraisal on, on a property and that they, that night when I got home on the doorstep, there was a, a care package. There was a, a packet of Tim Tams. There was this, there was that. You could tell that they were passionate about helping me and getting a, even if they, even if they had dollar signs in their eyes, but they went above and beyond because they're passionate. It, it's not many people would go out and, all right, finish work. I'm going to drive out to X suburb and drop off this care package and I'm going to drive out here and then I'm not going to get home to nine o'clock. You have to have a passion about your job mm. and you have to enjoy what you're doing rather than someone who clocks off at five and, and yeah, just goes home and, and, oh fuck, now I have to go to that meeting in the morning and shows up and they haven't done any research about property house prices in the neighborhood or those kind of things is that's an example as well of yeah obviously you're talking about putting in work but it's also mm. if you've got not got passion it rubs off on other people and it rubs off on the end consumer as well yeah and i think from a from a very practical perspective it leads to what i was saying about where it's that glass ceiling where there is that delta of how mm. much work you're willing to do and mm. how high you can progress in your career or in your business mm. What you're talking about is almost a little bit of a side effect mm. is the fact that enjoying what you do and being passionate about what you do is contagious. Mm. So not only do customers, if you're in a customer service-based business or a sales-based business, not only do they pick up on that, but people within the company you're working for pick up on that. Mm. So if you're an employee within a company and other people within the company can see that you're enjoying what you're doing. They can see that you're passionate about what you're doing. That means that your superiors are going to be able to see and feel that as well. Mm. So when it comes to career progression, you're going to be top of mind mm. straight up mm. from a business owner's perspective. It's about building culture. Mm. If you're the owner of a business and you have employees working for you and you're not enjoying what you're doing and you're not passionate about what you're doing, that's contagious as well. Mm. And that spreads through a company like a fucking virus and mm. can very quickly become a cancer to your business mm. because everyone within the business is looking up to you, mm -hmm. you know, depending on how big your company is. Mm. But it has to start from the top. It has to start from management. It has to start from, from people in leadership positions, that enjoyment, that passion. And I mean, we've had multiple examples in the Massive Joe's business where we have had people who haven't enjoyed what they've been doing, mm. who haven't been passionate. And, you know, fortunately, we have quite a good culture here. Mm. So when someone like that comes into the business, they stick out like fucking dog's balls. Mm. 
straight up. Hmm. Um, you can just see that they don't want to be here. You can see that they don't enjoy it. You can see that they're not passionate about it and they're just here to clock on, clock off, collect a paycheck. And guess what? They don't last long. They're not in the company anymore. Hmm. Because I can see that affecting the culture of the business. Mm -hmm. So there is a very practical uh, effect of not enjoying what you're doing, not being passionate about what you're doing. But then there's the side effect as well that really ties into the culture of the company you're working for mm -hmm. or the culture of the business that you're trying to grow and develop. Mm -hmm. So then the question becomes, well, you know, if you're listening to this or you're watching this and you're like, fuck, I really, I, you know, I'm one of those people. I clock in, I clock off, I collect a paycheck. I really don't enjoy what I do. How do you fix it? I mean, obviously, I've I've chatted. This this isn't about me, but somebody close to me. I've had this conversation with them. Mm. Is you have to look at the long term aspect, and mm. and if you enjoy what you're doing, and realizing that you, you've got to go to work anyway. Yeah. And I, I think that's the worst thing is as you spend thirty three percent of your work your day mm. at work generally mm. for eight hours for most people of a general day at least. I mean, so you have to be happy. I mean. There's that side, there's that obviously thing in the back of your head is everyone needs money. Yep. But there's that many ways to make money mm. that there's no point being upset and not enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I guess monetary is a big thing that people are concerned about though. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing to get over is, mm -hmm. is you may have to take a bit of a pay cut to go and do something you enjoy. But in return, what does that mean? That you don't go out for three dinners a week, you go out for one dinner, or you don't buy two pairs of shoes a month, you buy one pair, and, and those kind of things. But I think you have to make those sacrifices in the long run to, to do that. 100%. But, yeah, and, and whether that's not starting and just quitting your job, but not just watching this podcast and going quitting your job, mm. but starting that side project or something you enjoy. Man, I, I, I cannot stress this enough. And the more conversations I have with people the more, the more I'm, I, I'm going to say frustrated because it does frustrate me, but the more I'm becoming aware of the fact that people continue to justify their own position with bullshit fucking excuses. Mm. Because when I talk to people about this who are in positions and I have this, I have this conversation multiple times a week with mm. people, whether it's through Instagram DMs or on social media or in person or wherever the fuck it is, multiple times where people are like, man, I listen to the Massive Joe show, I consume your content, you know, I really want to go and pursue something I enjoy, uh, but one of two things, I'm not sure what I enjoy is mm. the first, mm. or the second one is I know what I want to do, but I can't give up my current job because I'm going to have to, you know, take a pay cut mm. to go and do it, mm. you know, and I've got financial responsibilities. Yeah. I mean, then that's even with, with the one I was talking about before is, is with someone that I know who, who applied for stuff like um, receptionist jobs. I'm mm. like, why the fuck are you doing that? Mm. You don't, you're not the person that wants to sit at a desk as a reception. Like, yeah. why are you doing reception jobs? Yeah. Because oh, it will be money. Yeah. What do you want to do and go fucking chase that? Don't don't just it's do that because it's what you're used to. This is what I'm to. saying. It's justifying with bullshit excuses. Mm. So the first, I'm just gonna, I'm happy you cut me off because I was getting awfully ramped up mm. there. But so the first excuse that I get, where I'm not sure what I enjoy doing, go out and try different things. Mm. That's go what I think. And try different things. That's what and I'm the saying. The reason why people don't do it. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm. I'm this really pisses me off. Mm. The reason why people don't do it is because they're afraid mm. that they're going to fail, mm. and they're afraid of other people's opinions of them failing. Mm. 
that's why they don't do it. Mm. But if you don't go, it's it's like it's like fucking um, it's like trying different food, mm. right? How are you going to know if you like or don't like a particular food that you've mm. never tried? Mm. It's exactly the same with your work. How are you going to know if you don't know what you enjoy doing? The reason is because you haven't fucking done it yet. Mm. And the only way that you're going to figure out what you enjoy doing is to go and try different things mm. and see what you enjoy doing. Mm. That's, so that's just a bullshit cop-out excuse. That's what I said about about starting that side project and, and starting that side hustle. Yeah. When when you are currently at your full-time job, yeah. is if you are worried about that, then all right, keep your full-time job. Yeah. But use that time frame from 7 o'clock to 12 o'clock at night or whenever that may be, 8 to 10, could be two hours a night, it's still 10 hours a week if you're doing it Monday to Friday, yeah. is using that time to work on your side project or, or your passion have, and have it be that passion project. Mm -hmm. If it's making coffee tables, if it's, I want to be a DJ, well, fuck, you're not going to quit your job and become a DJ overnight. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of fucking steps you have to go. Yeah, mm -hmm. Are you even good at it? Mm -hmm. As you said, but that's the problem is a lot of people think, oh, well, my passion is, is woodwork. Mm -hmm. But like me working in a gym, a lot of the times is when I first became a PT is I loved lifting weights, but mm. I didn't necessarily love being a PT all the time because yeah. it's that constant stress of finding clients. It's that stress yeah. of people dropping in and out of, of sessions or I'm sick this week, I'm going away this week, or I can't afford it. I've got my mm. sister's 21st coming up or whatever mm. it may be. Mm. And that became pretty evident to me that, wait, all right, well, my passion is fitness, mm. but is being a PT what I enjoy. What I enjoy. And exactly. No, it's not really. Yeah. But the only way you came to that conclusion was to try it. Yeah. That's right? what I'm saying. So go and try it on the side is, is yeah. start PTing a few mates. Yeah. PT your sister, PT your mum, PT yeah. whoever it may be. Yeah. Start PTing people on the side and, or at least, and it doesn't mean that you have to go out. Cause that's the thing is, is before, I think before you even go and take that step of paying for the $4,000 course mm. is just take a few mates through some sessions at the gym is right. like, I'm going to step this, I'm going to take this session out. Joe, yeah. can I, can I come to the gym with you tonight? Are oh, you training back? Can I put you through a back workout? Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it. Okay. Well maybe make some inquiries now about how do I become a PT? Listen, if you've never eaten turtle before, <laughs> you're not going to go and eat a full dish of turtle. No. You're going to have a taste of turtle mm. and decide whether you like it before you go and consume the whole fucking dish, mm. right? It's exactly the same with tasting different career opportunities, with tasting different business ventures, with tasting different things. Go and dip your toe in to start off with. Mm. Don't go in full hog if you have never tried it before and you just don't fucking know. Mm. The other excuse that I get is the whole, you know, I can't leave my current job or I can't leave my current career because, uh, you know, I make too much money. I don't want to take the pay cut. Mm. Also a bullshit cop out excuse mm. because everybody has time outside of their career that they can go and try some things on the side a hundred percent. Everybody has things that they can sacrifice mm. in terms of, you know, the old golden handcuffs thing where, you know, I can't leave my job because they're paying me too much. Yeah. Guys, in the long term, enjoying what you do is one of the top three things that is going to allow you to progress in your career. Mm. If you are in a position where you have the golden handcuffs because you're being paid good money, mm. what you consider to be good money at this point in time, and that's preventing you from going and trying and finding something that you actually enjoy, there is going to be a cap. Mm to that financial reimbursement that you are currently earning in the current 
job or career or business that you fucking hate mm. because of that delta you're going to get to a cap where you cannot progress mm. and that's going to be game over for you yeah and it's not far away yeah so make the fucking sacrifices try things on the side get yourself into a position where you are running a business or working in a business or doing a job that you enjoy and ideally are passionate about because that's when the glass ceiling comes off mm. and it's fucking unlimited mm. and it's worth the sacrifice mm -hmm. point number two mine is getting out of your comfort zone and doing the difficult things mm -hmm. which is interesting because very similar to progressive overload when you talked about fitness mm. Why I think this is one of my top three things to help you progress in business or career is because it is the antidote to complacency. So once again, when we talk about glass ceilings in career development, in business growth, if you get to a point of comfort and you stop doing things that are outside of your comfort zone, you stop doing things that are difficult, it's going to be very difficult for you to continue to progress. Mm. In fact, with how fast everything moves these days, it's probably going to be a position where you start to regress, mm. where you start to go backwards. Mm -hmm. I think continuously and consciously doing things that make you uncomfortable, doing things that you find difficult from a business owner's perspective is going to cause you to continue to create and innovate, mm. which are the keys to unlocking business growth. Well, it's going to add more strings to your bow, really. A hundred percent. More skills to your skill set mm. from a business owner's perspective. Mm. From a career development perspective, if you get to a point where you're not willing to expand your skill set mm. and you're not willing to continue to develop your skill set and you're not willing to do the things that are difficult, the things that are uncomfortable. Once again, you're going to find yourself in a glass ceiling perspective because you're going to be doing the things that every one of your peers is willing to do. Mm. And you're not going to be willing to do the things that every one of your peers is not willing to do. Mm. So who's going to stand out when it comes time to progressing their career? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be the person who never does anything that's uncomfortable, who never does anything that's difficult, that's happy to fucking stay within their comfort zone and just tick the boxes, cross the T's, dot the I's? Or is it going to be the person who's consistently trying to level up, yeah. who's consistently doing the shit that no one else wants to do, who's consistently doing the difficult things that no one else wants to pick up the slack on? Mm. And it, it even comes back to, as you just said about, I mean, this is something that has happened to me. Is back. I'm just going to go back to when I first became PT at 18. Mm -hmm. Is I was working in a big chain. It was Zest at this time. So yeah. Zest was now bought by Good, good Life. Life. Well, Fitness First first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then Good Life. So um, one of the big things there as a club trainer, um, which is really the fucking name for like shit kicker. I just used to do the shitty little jobs. I didn't actually get to train people that much. But yeah. as a club trainer, is one thing I had to do was ring people up who hadn't been in for like 60 days or, mm. or it was their birthday list. Customer hey, attention. Hey, Joe, it's your birthday yeah. coming up. I was wondering if you want to come in for a free session. Effectively cold calling. Yeah, cold not, calling. Not completely cold, but pretty fucking, <laughs> it was, it was, you know. It was pretty icy. We're, yeah, we're not talking Antarctica cold. We're yeah. talking maybe Australian snowfields cold. Yeah. But the thing is, I fucking hated it. Yeah. So I didn't do it. But then you look at the top PTs mm -hmm. that were doing 80 sessions a week and bringing in four grand a week. Yep. They were willing to do that, but even if they were uncomfortable with it, they were mm -hmm. willing to make those phone calls and, and 
get people in and then once they got people in they were able to put the hard sell on them and were able to to um, transform that over to, to paying PT clients. Yep. Me being 18, I wasn't very confident and, and wasn't real confident in myself or my abilities or I wasn't actually very confident in what I could um, offer because mm. really I hadn't really done too much in the gym in my life before. Mm. Um, and to be honest, I lasted like three weeks mm. until I just said, no, nah, fuck this, I'm, I can't do this, I don't want to do this. But that's, that's the thing is I was, I was open and realistic with what I enjoyed and, and that goes back to your first point about doing things that, that you enjoy mm-hmm. and, and following your passion. And, mm-hmm. and that's where I thought, well, maybe that's not for me if, if I have to go and be cold calling people. And, and another thing that they did have was standing in the middle of the shopping center trying to speak to people and pull them over to fill out a form to, yeah. <laughs> and I fucking hated that as well. Yeah. I went there and, I, and luckily I wasn't there with any of the managers, but I purposely didn't speak to a single person all day. I just chatted to people as they walked past, but I never, never <laughs> tried to, never actually tried to sign them up for everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my favorite part of point of being a club trainer was going for the post office run every day. Cause I could get out of the gym and I wouldn't have to make phone calls when I was doing the post office run. Mm, so shit. That's the thing. Shit. Yeah, that's the thing is is I never progressed as a personal trainer in those early days when there were people in my same position doing, yeah, as I said, 80 sessions a week because they were happy to do those phone calls. And mm. maybe, yeah, if I, if I got out of that comfort zone and, and learned to put the hard sell on it. I mean, that early on I learned I was, I'm not a salesperson. Mm. I'm not a hard salesperson. Mm-hmm. Obviously, good life in those kind of gyms have those people that can sell us to an Eskimo and, and you think, how the fuck did they just do that? And then the person at the other end doesn't even know how they did it either. They've just forked over a 12-month membership. Mm. But, yeah, it's those, those uncomfortable things like that, that that I've found that, yeah, just sucked and I, I didn't do, but then I've missed out on that opportunity. The thing is, man, is... is uh Comfort breeds complacency Mm. and complacency is the complete opposite to progress. Mm. And we're talking about the top three things that are going to help you progress in either business or your career. Complacency is definitely not going to help you progress anywhere. It's going to help you regress. It's going to help you go backwards. Mm -hmm. So you have to get outside of your comfort zone you have to make sure that you are not resting in a place of complacency because it, 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 you, can't, you can't be complacent and progress at the same time. Mm. You can't be comfortable and progress at the same time. You have to do shit that's uncomfortable. You have to do shit that's difficult. You have to do things that you're not good at mm. to continue to progress. It's the only way. It's a necessary element of progression. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about it is it's really fucking easy to do. Mm. It's about understanding what makes you uncomfortable, understanding what you find difficult, which we all have every single day. We have things in our job, in our business that we find difficult, Mm -hmm. that we know, oh, I'm going to lean away from that because that makes me uncomfortable because I'm not really too sure how to do it or because I don't like doing it or because it's difficult for whatever reason we lean away from it. The easiest way to fix it is to lean into it, Mm -hmm. lean in towards things that make you uncomfortable, attack them head on, Mm -hmm. lean into things that are difficult, lean into things that that don't come easy to you and attack them head on. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to do. Have the awareness of what's difficult, what makes you uncomfortable, and then lean into it. Don't lean away from it. Mm-hmm. And then my third point, and this kind of ties into one of yours as well, is actually putting in work consistently. Mm. 
So that's the what, grind. That, that's what mine was. And my one and two I'm going to put together, but consistency mm. and discipline I'm going to tie into one with, in terms of the workplace. Yeah. But, yeah, consistently putting in work yeah. and then having the discipline to put in that work, though, mm. is, is very easy to, yeah, step out. Let's have another smoker. Let's have a 10-minute lunch break. Yeah. Is, is little things like that, like just staying on the task you're meant to be doing rather than checking Facebook or, or little things like that is... Um, yeah, are, are you working hard enough? Do you have the discipline to keep working hard, to keep working at that hard pace you need to be working at? Um, it's just, yeah, it really ties in together consistency and discipline, I think, in this factor in terms of employee, but also in employers, yeah. is can you consistently put in the hours? Can you consistently show up early to the workplace? Can yep. you consistently stay stay back? Can mm-hmm. you consistently stay there to until the job is done, until that task is done? Um as we just said, it, it being successful is all about is all about the marathon. Mm. From employer's point of view, nobody's going to remember you staying back one day. Mm. You finish at five, all right, great. You've stayed back till five fifty today. But if you consistently put in till six o'clock every day, and then Joe's like, "Fuck," the deal stays back till six o'clock every night, and, mm. and he's constantly here till six, putting in work, and he's constantly here at eight thirty when everyone else goes up at nine. Is it stuff like that, that that's going to be consistent? And it's going to stand out to your employee. Oh, it stands out, but also to your it does. But it does also resonate, as you said, with, with building that culture. Mm. And everyone's like, "Fuck, well, Adil's always here at eight thirty, and I always rock up at five past nine. Maybe, mm. maybe I need to start pulling my head in, kind of thing." Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it works on 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 that many different levels. And that's the thing, as you just said, as a leader as well, but also from the front. If you, people have seen it as well, and I mean, in every workplace, when the boss doesn't rock until quarter past ten, when everyone's there at nine, yeah, is you're not leading from the forefront. You're not putting in that discipline to rock up early to lead from the front. And I think that is a big thing that I don't think that a lot of business owners do recognise mm-hmm. is the effect that the boss's actions have on a workplace. Mm-hmm. In terms of things like, does my boss rock up on time? Mm. Everyone has to be here at nine. Why doesn't he have to be here at nine? And mm. it's like, all right, well, he's the boss. But mm. the employers get pissed off like, oh, Joe's not here at nine. Why Why? Why do I have to be here at nine mm. kind of thing? And mm. it, obviously, it's, you're paying us for those kind of things. But but that's what people will think. And that's the employee mindset, though. Mm. It's like, well, like when if you go out and you start serving customers at Massive Joe's, for example, and you're serving people in the shop and you're giving great, you're seeming passionate talking to people and you're giving great advice and you're telling someone the benefits of this ingredient that everyone else really isn't that sure of what that particular ingredient does, for example, mm. is you're leading from the front in terms of the passion you're leading, like, oh, Joe's out there, he's doing the groundwork, he's serving customers, which isn't what he's normally doing in terms of budgeting and reports and those kind of things. He's, mm. he's doing the grassroots kind of stuff. Is That does resonate with people like, fuck, if he's doing that, then, then yeah, it just gives everyone a bit more of a boost, I think. I think there's this uh, almost kind of accepted mindset around this um, from both a business and a career development perspective that goes something along the lines of the, 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 the thought process is something along the lines of the more you progress as either a business owner or an employee, or the more you progress through your career, whatever form that takes, the less work you do. Yeah. The higher you kind of climb the mountain, the easier it gets. Yeah. And you don't have to put in as much work. Mm. That is so far from the truth. Mm. The truth is 
the more you progress, the more work you have to put in. Mm. The bigger your ambitions, the more you have to level up your work ethic. The more you want to achieve, the more difficult it is to achieve it. Mm. The higher you get on the mountain, the more difficult it is to get higher and higher and higher. Mm. You have to put in more work. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people kind of fall down here um, and once again, practically reach a bit of a glass ceiling because they, you know, they, they put in a bunch of work, they do things that are difficult, they push them outside of their comfort zone, they're really fucking grinding, and then they can't seem to get anywhere and wonder why. Mm. And the reason why is because you're not leveling up your work ethic. Mm. You're actually not doing anything different and expecting a different result. Mm. If you want to continue to progress in your career, in your business, mm. you have to put in more work. Mm. You have to figure out ways to tighten up your productivity, to tighten up your efficiency, to tighten up how you spend each and every hour of every day. Mm. Or else you're just not going to, you're, you're not going to progress. You're going to get to a point where it's, you know, and people say, you know, this is the, it's another fucking cop out. I hate this one as well, where people say, you know, yeah, but I work smarter now. Yeah. You know, I have to work as hard because now I work smarter. Mm. That's complete fucking bullshit because you know how you develop the skills to work smarter mm. is through working harder. Mm. And if you want to continue to develop skills that are going to help you work smarter and smarter and smarter, the only way you can do that is to work harder and harder and harder. That's One it. ties into the other. It's not, people think of it as a seesaw, you mm. know, the smarter I work, the less hard I have to work. Mm. It's not a fucking seesaw. Mm. The two things bounce off each other. Mm. The harder you work, the smarter you get at working hard. Mm. The smarter you get at working hard, the harder you get at working smart. Mm. The two things work together. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people kind of miss that. Yeah. What they'll do is, and a lot of things is like, all right, task takes me an hour. Yeah. Let's just say, when I first started a job, I'm going to say emails. Yeah. Because this is one we've spoken about before. Mm -hmm. Back when I started, I was the national sales manager. Oh, I wasn't even that when I first started. But anyway, yeah. let's call it national sales manager. Is I answered a lot of the emails yeah. and then it took a lot of time personally replying to every single email. Yeah. Like just simple emails though, such as like, where's my order? Mm. And then is this in stock or is this product in stock or if they're out of stock, some people place an order. And yeah. I'd sit there personally like typing out over and over again these orders and it was taking me in like an hour or two hours through the emails mm. until I realized, well, fuck, I, okay, I'm just going to create 15 different templates of the emails I've got, mm. created them, clicked on the template. All right, this is the template for out of stocks. Dear Joseph, thanks for your recent order of Master Joe's. The product, you, the product you ordered, blah, 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 mm. is currently out of stock in blah, 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 flavor. We have these flavors available, blah, blah, blah. Which one would you like with your order? Mm. Kind of regards, the sales team. Mm -hmm. From that though, obviously 15 of those, I could just select which one I wanted, put in the blanks, send it out. So suddenly the two hours of emails are doing a day drop down to about 20 minutes. I mean, that's the thing that you were just saying then is that doesn't mean that, all right, that was taking me two hours. Now mm. it's taking me 20 minutes. Mm. Now I can go do fucking whatever I want for an hour and 40 minutes. Exactly. Is now I've got an hour 40 to put other things into that place yep. and work harder. And then the next task of, well, all right, you've just said, all right, people work smarter. It's great that people work smarter because that's what you want to be doing really. You don't want to That's be how you level up. Yeah. But the thing is, is now you put another task into that hour and 40 minutes you've got mm -hmm. and you find out a way to work smarter at that. Mm -hmm. And that is consistently doing the job though. Mm -hmm. 
and from consistently doing it, you're going to find better ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you can keep shuffling things in. And something that was taking you, let's just say, a, a work that was taking you 40 hours, now it's taking you 20 hours. Yep. And now you can fit a whole another 20 hours in. Yep. And it's the only way to progress. Mm. You can't keep doing the same shit and expect to get better results. But then from there, then, all right, then now we've hired, all right, well, let's give that task to the warehouse manager, yep. for example. Yep because it's now a 20 minute task, mm. they can do it in their day. Mm. But then now that completely frees up my two hours from what I've done and then it yep. passes on to the business. So it helps the business in the whole scheme of things yep. just by doing that. And obviously you're leading from the top and obviously you've got those things in place from starting Master Joe's in 2006 and you had things in place, mm -hmm. but they were in place when I joined because you'd spent eight years beforehand perfecting them yourself or, or working on them yourself yeah. is then obviously over time. And that's the thing is consistency is what we, is what I said before about consistency and discipline mm. is consistently you've been putting these actions into practice mm -hmm. now from since 2006 mm -hmm. on eBay or 2005, sorry, 2005, 05, yeah. 05, which is 15 years next year, mm -hmm. 14 years. Mm -hmm. So people think about how is Matthew Joe so successful? How is, how has this happened? But it's, it's not just an overnight company is you've been working on the behind the scenes and, and, people compliment us on our shipping or people compliment us on on our social media mm -hmm. those kind of, but the shipping the shipping practices have been put in place for 14 years mm -hmm. as you've worked on them for 14 years how can they get quicker how can they get better how can the guys pack the orders quicker yep. how can we minimize out of stocks how can we minimize order fuck ups yep is it's had 14 years to work on that mm. and um Things like social media, like, oh, you guys have got a big Instagram or you guys have got a big YouTube. How did that happen? If you go back, there's been videos for the last six years. This is this podcast isn't the first podcast or first piece of media we've ever put out. We've been putting things out for six years mm. and that's how it's happened. It's not an overnight success story. Yeah. It's consistency over six years of constantly putting out media when, when people really weren't watching at the beginning. Mm. People made fun of us about being the Hodge twins. <laughs> the Australian Hodge twins <laughs> and people gave shit and that was the only comment we got on the videos yep. you guys are the Australian Hodge twins yep. or or who's this dickhead doing the raw reviews and yeah I mean that's that's the thing is is people wonder how did they get to that but the thing is it, it's taken 14 years to get plus all the before the time of, of before Master Joe's even started is is you learning about the supplements learning about supplements yeah the time you've put in learning how to source products from America. I mean, obviously, as you said, with the with the Livestrong bands, is, mm. is supplements aren't the first products you source from America. Is you did that with Livestrong bands. You've done it with iPhones, those kind of things. Mm. Is really consistency with you is buying and selling is has been a twenty year skill skill that you've yeah. been learning and and getting better at, getting smarter at. So it's that consistency for for twenty years. So. Yeah, even before Master Joe started is really those skills were being honed in on and, and, and worked on. Mm. And, you know, from, from my perspective, this, this point is particularly prevalent to me because I'm, you know, uh, obviously the, these three points that I've identified doing, doing something that you enjoy and passionate about, mm. that's my fucking life. Mm. Uh, getting outside of your comfort zone, doing the difficult things. You've seen my accountability calendar I fill in every day. Mm. One of the points in that is what did you do today that made you uncomfortable? Mm. So I'm making sure actively, if I, and you, you know, if I get to fucking seven o'clock at night and there's a blank in there, I'll go seek out something that makes me uncomfortable. Mm. I'll send an email that I've been sitting on. I'll make a phone call that I don't want to, like I'll go and do it. Mm. 
this third point is something that I'm consistently trying and you've seen just even over the last couple of weeks mm. I've shaken things up again mm. is just trying to make sure okay how can we tighten things up from a productivity and efficiency perspective which is working smarter mm. and then how can I milk more out of every 24 mm. which is working harder how can I do those two things at once because as we mentioned they play off each other mm. and you know it's funny that you mentioned the media because we do, we produce more media as a company right now than we have ever much more than ever before mm. along with all the other shit that we're doing now that was not around two years ago was not around four years ago was not around when we started the youtube channel fucking eight years ago it wasn't mm. there all we did was make videos and mm. trip orders yeah, yeah. <laughs> now there's so much other shit but we've leveled up so much in terms of the efficiency, which is working smarter, and then also milking every single day, which is working harder, to the point where we've got everything else going on with extreme business growth over that mm. period of time, and we're still producing more media mm. than we have ever before. Mm. I mean, that's the thing is you look back six it's years- a great example. You look back six or seven years ago when you started Raw Reviews, for example, mm. is you had a look at Massive Joe's then. It was, Yourself, myself, mm -hmm. Mill, mm -hmm. Jez in the warehouse, yep. and a deal doing media. <laughs> five guys. Now there's more than five guys in the media team. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that is, is but it's consistently doing that. And as we spoke to someone yesterday in, in business mm. and, and as business and consistency, discipline and consistency, we spoke to a gentleman yesterday that said, you buy two, sorry, you buy two, you sell two, you buy four, what was that analogy you used with the selling? Putting all the money back into the business, consistency. Yeah. yeah. So it, it doesn't happen overnight. Mm. And, that's, and that's something that I just really don't think people understand mm. is they'll look at these things and think that Massive Joe's is an overnight success, yeah. for example, or they'll think that this person's an overnight success. Or you look around and see this particular truck company, mm. like let's just say Garden Grove driving around and you see fucking... 150 garden grove trucks on my way to work in the morning yeah. you think well how did they get so big but then you go and look at that background story and they've been around for 30 years mm. it's not an overnight it didn't just go buy a whole heap of trucks strap, slap a fucking sticker on the side of it and, yeah. and every over, every overnight success has been a work in progress for over 20 years. what's that amazon is that jeff bezos yeah. picture that, that was very famous of him sitting in his garage, garage yeah with amazon handwritten on the wall, on the wall. yeah and yeah it's exactly uh, yeah I want to wrap this up. I've got one thing to say though. Okay. Real quick. Yeah. And I true. just want to tie this in. And it was the thing about initiative. Okay. I yes. just want to quickly say this. I almost forgot that, that fourth point. Yeah. So we're actually ending up with the top four things yeah. to help you progress. But this is just something I want to say. And I think for me, I always had this as number one for myself. Yeah. Because as an employee, something that I've failed on that I wasn't good at to begin with, yeah. and you've picked this up with me and you've worked on this with myself, mm. but also even now as, as a business owner and, and people working under me in the past and, and things like that, and even just overhearing things in the office is I think mm. initiative mm. is something that if somebody wants to progress in terms of through business, through life, wants to progress up through the business, is you need to show initiative. Mm. And I don't think too many people do that. Mm -hmm. I think it's a skill that not too many people have is they've got an idea, but okay, can you go action on that idea? Yeah. Can you work autonomously? Can you work on your own? Can you work independently? And through that, you need to have initiative. So it's coming up and it's, for example, there's one thing like 
I used to do to mm. you. And every time I've had performance reviews over the years, mm. it's been sort of another step in the, in the chain. And the first thing I remember you said to me probably four or five years ago was I always came to you with a problem. Mm-hmm. So I was good with sourcing a problem, but mm. I'd say, Joe, we're out of stock of, we're always out of stock of ON Gold Standard Double Chocolate. And you'd fucking kind of just give me a look. Mm. I was like, well, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And then I'd have to go away and I'd come back and say, Joe, I spoke to the rep and I ordered 10 and then I've changed the MSLs in the system so that we've got a higher MSL count, yeah. for example. But I think if I had have just come to you in the first place and said, Joe, we're always out of stock of double chocolate. I've come and I've gone and ordered another one so that we've got more stock and I've created up um, increased the MSLs so that we don't have this problem in future. Mm. You walk away and think, fuck, good job. Initiative. Initiative. Yeah. But if I keep coming to you time after time, like, Joe, this has happened. Joe, this has happened. Joe, yeah. this has happened. Joe, this has happened. Which I used to do. Mm. And you said, Steve, you come to me, you're great at finding problems, but now I need you to take that step further and action it. Mm. And I mean, even from then, then there's been more steps from there in, in terms of my development. But I think in, in business as an employee, employer and, and looking after people is, is people are great at finding problems. Mm-hmm. But the people that actually find a solution and then action those plans are people that really stand out to myself and, and stand out to me in particular. So that's 100%. why I've got it so high. Yeah. And I think that those people that, yeah, come and do that. You do You do want to give them more work to do. And you know that by doing that, they'll also be able to be more productive. And as we said, with discipline and consistency, that last one about, but also being more productive. If you can go and say, I found this problem. This is the action I took. This is the solution I found. This is the action I took. Mm-hmm. Bang, 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 it's done. Instead of, Joe, I found this. Okay, go back and speak to blah, blah, blah. And then you're always telling them, well, you may as well have just done it yourself. Yeah. So yeah, that's a big one for me execution is everything Mm. and it's one thing that i say to not just you i say to everyone who reports to me in the business don't come to me with problems come to me with solutions yeah right or Mm. better yet the other thing i say is don't ask for permission (laughs) also ask for forgiveness yeah in other words okay you've identified a problem identify the solution go and act on it and then if your action backfires and it hasn't fucking worked Mm. then come and tell me listen i found this problem I decided this was the best possible course of action. I went and did this and it didn't quite work. I'd much prefer that mm. than coming to me with problems. Mm. I know I got plenty of fucking problems. I don't need no more problems. Mm. Come to me with solutions. There's all the stuff like, it's like, Steve, I think we need artwork for this. Yeah. Like, okay, go do that artwork and yeah. come and show me that artwork and then show me what you want it to look like, for example. So this is, you know, I'm going to pick your brain a little bit here because this is one of those situations, once again, where a lot of people listening and and watching will be like, well, all right, how do I, how do I develop initiative? Mm. And you as someone who's been through it, Mm. what practical advice can you give? How do you actually develop this initiative? As I said, the the thing is, is, is everyone can easily identify problems or, yeah. or things that aren't going right. Mm. But the next step then is without going and telling your boss what that fucking problem is, is mm. saying, all right, well, what's the best solution here? What's going to be the, doesn't always have to be cheapest, but what's going to be the cheap, like can be a quick, cheap, whatever. What's going to be the most effective mm. solution here? Mm. As I've just said about the out of stocks, it's 
quite simple with what you do. If you're always out of stock and you're always ordering four, well, all right, maybe we need to order eight, for example, and put those in pl action. But that's the, the, the task for it obviously needs to be is finding what the problem is, mm -hmm. what a possible outcome is to, to solve that problem, mm -hmm. and then actioning that. Mm -hmm. And it's quite simple, but people's minds don't think that next step. Mm -hmm. They'll automatically, all right, this is going wrong. I'm going to tell Joe mm -hmm. instead of this is what's going wrong. This is a solution to that. I'm going to action it. Then go and tell Joe if you need to at a KPI meeting or at a month, weekly meeting. Joe, we had this issue. This is what I decided to do. And this is what happened. Yeah. Great job. Then you can go on to the next thing. And it, and it does, and it saves you time as well. It saves the business instead of you fighting around with shitty little problems is, mm. is you can work on the bigger problems as, as, as the boss. Mm. Execute, man. Mm. Execute. Mm. I just want to sum everything up real quick for the viewers, tie this all together for them. So we're changing the title of the topic from the top three things to the top four things mm. <laughs> to help you progress in both fitness and business. And from a, biz, from a fitness perspective, we have discipline. So understanding the macro fitness journey, but executing on a micro level, understanding that it's a marathon, not a sprint, but making decisions and moving with the speed as if it is a sprint. Creating the habits and routines that support your fitness goals, which is ultimately going to support consistent consistency and making sure that you're setting those habits and routines when it's easy to do so when motivation levels are high so they can carry you through when motivation levels are low making sure that your fitness journey fits your lifestyle holistically mm -hmm. if it fits your lifestyle as we like to say and then progressive overload regardless of what your fitness journey looks like, what your fitness goals are, continuously pushing your body outside of its comfort zone, doing things that it doesn't want to do to progressively, I mean, straight up progress, progressively move in directions that you need to move to continue along your fitness journey. And then from a business slash career development perspective, we have doing work that you enjoy and ultimately if you can get to a point where you're passionate about what you do, that's the best case scenario. And if you're not, fucking make changes and start heading in that direction. Getting outside of your comfort zone, doing the difficult things, because we know that complacency is the death bed of progress. So if you want to continue to progress, you have to continue to do things that are uncomfortable and difficult and actively seeking those out on a day by day basis actually putting in work, making sure your work ethic matches your ambition and understanding that the more you progress along your business journey or your career journey, the more work you're going to need to do to get to the next level, to continue to progress, understanding that it's not the other way around. It's not the, the more successful you get, the less work you have to do. You have to work smarter, but you also have to work harder. Mm -hmm. You have to work harder, but you also have to work smarter. The two things need to work concurrently. And then showing initiative, mm -hmm. not just identifying problems, but executing, identifying problems, coming up with solutions, taking actions and executing to solve those problems. There is one final overarching principle mm -hmm. that as we were discussing these things kind of became quite obvious to me. And this is what I like about this podcast. I, I take things, I take things away personally is 
making sure that you don't rest on your success. Mm -hmm. And it applies to both fitness, business, career development. If you want to continue to progress, when you reach certain levels of success, when you achieve certain goals, definitely take some time to celebrate. Celebrate your wins, right? That's important because mm -hmm. if you're not celebrating your successes, you get to a point where it's like, what the fuck's the point? Why am I even putting in this effort? It's a waste of time. You need to actually take some time to, to celebrate your wins. But then continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. Continue to progress. Don't rest on your success. Don't rest on your laurels. Don't find yourself in a place of comfort and complacency mm -hmm. because that's where progress dies. Yep. Big Neve. Mm -hmm. We've been charting, baby. Exactly. In iTunes. We've been charting each and every episode. And it's because of you guys, you guys sharing uh, the Massive Joe Show podcast on social media, person to person. Uh, and that is the one thing that we ask, man. This is a completely free podcast. We aren't packing it full of ads at the beginning. We're actually not advertising a damn thing no. in our podcast. So, except for Massive Joe's Apparel. Except for TMJ Apparel, of course. Fresh. <laughs> but uh, this is a completely free podcast. And the one thing that we do ask in return from you guys is if you've listened to this episode and you have gained something valuable from it, share it. Mm -hmm. Share it with your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, nonna, nonno, grandma, grandpa, for the Polish listeners, babcha, judru, whoever <laughs> the fuck. But one thing that we have, uh, you know, outside of person to person, uh, one thing that has been uh, gaining a lot of traction are the Instagram story shares. Mm. So if you're listening, you found value from this podcast and you are active on Instagram, we ask that you take a screenshot right now post it in your Instagram story, tag myself at Joseph Mansell, tag at Neve Movement, tag at Massive Joe's and spread the love mm -hmm. on the Massive Joe Show podcast. Because we'll reshare it. And we do reshare it. Yeah, absolutely. I reshare almost every single one that I get tagged on because mm. I appreciate it, man. Mm -hmm. That's all we ask of you guys, man. Spread the love. We want that number one position, mm -hmm. this motherfucker. I want to knock Jay Shetty off. Oof. I want to go top 20. Go on, I'm going for him. Top 20. He's in my... He's in my um, uh, um, sites crosshairs crosshairs that's the one I was looking for mm. big navy you got anything else you want to add no guys that's a wrap episode 21 of the massive Joe show podcast the top three slash four things to help you progress in both fitness and business we hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode until next time where we're coming to them from neve massive Stay massive. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Massive Joe's Show. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it be SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Massive Joe's Show, ensure that you give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform. Until next time, we're coming to you from MassiveJoes.com. Stay